Welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. We have moved from Nelspret. We are now in Johannesburg, the second test of the Rugby Championship for 2022. We've had less than 48 hours to sit back and discuss and debate, and we've done it multiple times, Justin Marshall, Grant Nisbet, Jeff Wilson. Um, fascinating, fascinating times, given the fact we sort of knew what was coming on this tour, the ultimatums that have been placed. The All Blacks clearly didn't get the job done again, Nisbo, and... It was almost sort of obvious why. And is that probably the hardest thing to deal with now is how do you counter what the Springboks did and can this group that are here in South Africa off the field prepare themselves to be able to deliver it and possibly the hardest place yeah. in the world at Emirates Stadium in Johannesburg. Having said that, we last time we were here, Jeff, we won in 2.15, believe it or not, and went on to win the World Cup. But, of course, that was a different team altogether. Look, I left the stadium on Saturday night thinking we were we didn't have the enthusiasm on the park that we should have had, and we were beaten by a better team. It sounds very simplistic, I know. What can we do? Well, we need we need a little more enthusiasm for a start off. We need to start well, um, and you know I, I did discern a, a bit of a change in uh, game plan between the Irish series and the first Springbok Test, but. It still wasn't good enough. And and what annoys me a bit at this level is that, okay, you've got a game plan, but you've got to have a plan B. And if game plan A is not working, you've got to go to game plan B. We just hammered away doing the same thing minute after minute after minute, and very rarely did we break the line. Now, you know, there are things you can do, like dribbling the ball along the ground. Uh, That line speed of the spring box was fantastic. Let's say that, most of the time they're on site, some of it they weren't, but you've got to learn to counter it at that level, and that's what probably disappointed me the most. Marshy, there was a lot of things that you would have liked to have seen going into this test match. You talked about it, but there's some fundamentals that we knew we were going to have to absorb and take, mm. things like the high ball, the work they were going to do at scrum time, uh, the pressure they were going to put at the breakdown. You've mentioned the breakdown, the breakdown, the breakdown. Aaron Smith's come out and said, they need to do a clearly a better job. He's put the asset on his forwards. He said, we are not doing a good enough job. You talk, talk to Scott Berger after the game. I mean, how, how simple is it to be more physical? Is it an accuracy? Is it a technique? Or are we, as ball carriers, getting ourselves in a position where we're isolated and we can't secure our own possession? Because at the moment, there are we're getting, every week it seems as though we're not getting solutions. We're getting more questions than answers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's all those components. It's accuracy, it's technique, but it's also recognising a side like the Springboks will give you limited opportunities because they are so well organised defensively, they're very smart. So when you do make a line break and a bust and then have them out of their defensive pattern, then you've got to flood that area where you make the bust. And what you can't do is then at that breakdown concede a turnover which happened numerous times, or then invite them back into the game by making an area yourself, passing the ball forward, getting bundled into touch. That's when you've actually got them vulnerable and out of their system. And I certainly feel that what the All Blacks did was when they created line breaks or they created momentum, they hurt themselves. And and it's, it's the same mistakes that they've been making throughout the year. It happened in the Irish series. A lot of that, yes, was at the breakdown. But I've never seen a team an all-black team put down so many uh, normal skill, uh, passing, knock-ons, 
high ball, high balls. You know, like their their accuracy levels in that department. When you talk about all black teams, it's always been that all black teams do the basic skills of the game better than anyone else in the world. At the moment, we are not. Why not? And the question I had around that is the the fact that the moment we started having to deal with this pressure defence, this rush defence, the fact that we're, our skills were getting put under more pressure, the fact that teams were almost prepared to leave opportunities out there for, but stop you getting the ball to that opportunity, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And you've got keep go teams on the edges, players on the edges, which we used to do. You know, We'd have a Kieran Reid on one side and then maybe a Cody Taylor on the other, and we, we were able to use the width of the park. It appears as though all of a sudden we're not able to use the width of the park. But... The interesting thing I want to talk about, Nisbo, is this Springbok team, where they are on their journey, right, in terms of where they are on their path, and that group of players, a huge, vast number of guys, I think they've got over 40 in their squad. Rasi Erasmus has kept a lot of guys in, in this environment, and I think he brought back Dwayne Vermeulen and um, Francois Stein. They didn't play on the weekend, but they're still hanging around, like they're still there. But clearly, there's some, they've got something, this formula at the moment, when you think about the squad that they they seem to put together, and this doesn't seem too dissimilar to, to nineteen, right? Yeah, it seems look, the same team, doesn't it? Yeah, they, they, they've got a clear vision of the way they're going to play the game, and they're not going to deviate. I mean, so you know exactly what you're going to get. I mentioned the All Blacks one here in two fifteen, and I just had a quick look at the Springbok team that day. We we had Aaron Smith playing. He is the only current All Black who was in the starting lineup. That's seven years ago. They had Dale Ende, Pollard. Diaga and Etzebeth all started. Uh, Vili LaRue came off the bench. So the continuity for the Springboks, and of course, uh, that was 2.15. So uh, we knocked them out, I think, of what, the semi-final stage at the World Cup. They were all young guys. Uh, 2.19, they won it. 2.23, they're going to take a veteran team into the World Cup. But, you know, they, they just look strong. I didn't see a veteran team on the weekend in terms of the, the energy and the motivation, and we didn't see that team play in the first and third test against Wales. Second test, remembering it was mm. the other side, it was the other 15, Marshy. Mm. But what I saw on the weekend was a team that got up for the occasion, like which they always do against the, the All Blacks pretty much, what, 99% of the time. That was a pretty special performance of theirs. And people go, well, they scored, what, two tries, one off the back of it. But in terms of it, the overall picture of the way that they play the game, I, I, I contend that I'm not sure they can play significantly better. They might be able to micromanage a few things. And how easy is it to back a performance like that up? Like, Because clearly, they put everything into that. They were out on their feet. Mm. Emotionally, physically, are they the sort of team that can back that performance up again in Joburg? Like, do exactly what they did again? Frighteningly, yes. I think they had another cog in them. Ouch. (laughs) I do. Like, I felt that. Um, you know that they had the game secure you know, when they when they you know got those early points in the second half, uh, and, and I thought they they probably went insular a little bit. You know they they did start to they were really positive in the first half, but once they got that scoreboard uh, you know buffer, I think they sort of backed off a little bit, and and I certainly felt that you know they've got such amazing impact off the bench that they just knew that they had the All Blacks rattled. They knew that they had to just keep them in their own territory, which they did, and they resorted to a bit more kicking, uh, and, and they were winning that aerial battle. So they didn't throw too much at the All Blacks in terms of attack because 
what they were doing was effective enough. So that that meant that they didn't have to change anything that they were doing. So what more do you think they've got then? Do you think that they can they can go to more aspects of their game? Do you think if if they got some territory, they would be prepared to hold on to the ball yep. and and test the All Blacks in different spaces? Yeah, I think they can be much more of a threat, that, particularly in the back line. You know, they, they went direct because they knew that they that they watched the Irish series and they knew where to go at the All Blacks. I think we all knew it was coming. Uh, and so they didn't really use their centres as much as they have been in the past. You know, Delende and Arm hardly featured in the game. They had little moments. But in general, they've got a really good pattern when they play off them. Uh, and, and that's when they can bring Willemser in as well because Arm's actually a really good um, post-contact distributor. But they didn't use him in that way. And the All Blacks weren't massively aggressive with their line speed. So mm. they probably could have gone to that if they wanted to. So, yeah, I think they've got a little bit more to their game plan, but they're, they're smart. Like, this this is the game plan that has caused the All Blacks problems in, in the last three to four, five years. And and they go, right, well, we know they can't handle it. We know we can beat them in the air. We know that they get suffocated when they get stuck in their own half. Let's just play that way against the All Blacks. Can you remember one line-out that the Springboks threw into that the halfback was in his normal position? They drove every single line-out. Didn't matter where it was on the yeah. park, yeah. did they? No. And they played their own style of footy, yeah. and to hell with the rest of the world. This is, we've discovered this is best for us, and this is the way we're going to do it. And so to counter that then, this boat, like their line-out has got such big bodies and big targets. Mm. Like, you know, the, the length that they have and the options they have, it's virtually impossible. I think they lost once, one against us. Yeah. Might have been an overthrow. We might have got up and got a hand on it. I think the new player was on, and there was right. a disconnect. The, the new hooker came on, and that was the only mistake they made. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think that's the thing that probably, if you talk about mistakes and errors, we're the ones making all the errors. Massively. And they're not. No. Like, and, and to be fair to you, though, to your point, though, they don't necessarily extend themselves. Because they don't have to. No, they, they don't have to. And, and, and you showed me a stat off a, a previous game <laughs> was was... At half time, what game was that? That was that was the last time um, they played in two thousand fifteen. Oh, uh, sorry, two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, half time, wasn't the it? The All Blacks had passed the ball seventy eight times in the first half, and and the Springboks had passed it seventeen. Seventeen times and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what tells you how you, you're going to play. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so if you then if we then suggested that, so so we take the high ball away from them, right? So we deliver on the high ball. And we, we stop them getting momentum from that. What other parts of the game can we then rely on if we take that away? Because that clearly gave them opportunity, clearly gave them field position. If we do, cons- we do get we the do ball. That, sorry to interrupt you, but I want to throw this at you. But the really clever part of what they're doing is they are kicking contestable kicks that are they're not just inside your 22, they're deep inside your 22. Oh. And if we do win that aerial contest... What's your option off that? Well, if, and if we kick it's it out. It's a free kick. Yeah, it's a mark. Yeah, so you kick it out. And here they come again. <laughs> they come again. And so what, what they're doing is they are, they, they are tactically really smart because they are pinning you in your own heart. They're frustrating you. And, and oh. they're not giving you any options to, to make your way out. So all of a sudden, you go, all right, we're going, we're going to have to try and change this. So you, you run up your own ass in your own half because what else can you do? You know, like that's where they're clever. So yeah, we might get better in the air. Yeah, but we've also tactically got to think about if we start winning these aerial contests, how do we then start getting some territory from it? So, the, and that's what Ma Nonu said after the game. He talked about, 
you know, first 10 minutes, we, we played a lot of rugby in our own half. Yeah. And he said, this is the first 10 minutes. And, I, and clearly that was part of the game plan. But the first 10 minutes, every defence in the world is good. Like the first 10 minutes of every test match, any half-decent test match team. Right? I mean, Italy did it to us last year. They yeah. frustrated us for the first 25, 30 minutes because they're fit, they're agile, they're prepared to get up and defend. They're going to be keep coming at you. You know, um, they're not under stress. It's a, it's a different... It's a different mindset. So can we control territory, Nisbo? I mean, do you think, I mean, it's that whole thing, we want to keep the ball in play, but by the same token, Willemsen did a fantastic job of bringing the ball back. Like counterattack. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we didn't expect mm. that. I mean, that's, no. not, that's part of their game. But when we kicked it into the stand, the guys in the first row trying to get it back into the they field did, of play. They did four, five, five quick line outs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I thought they'd be mm. happy to go to the line out and, and slow it down like they're good at. But they were actually, particularly in the first half, willing to play, yeah. which was a surprise. And, and that, to me, does once again, though, when you put and you do it every week, Nisbo, you write down all the details of the two teams. One team looks to me as though they're completely settled and confident, even though they weren't that great against Wales. But they're really settled and confident in the way that they play. Right? I mean, you look at that group, and you talked about those players. I look at it, and I know all of their players because I've seen them constantly for probably. Well, they didn't play for a season. But it's like since 2019, that was their team. And I know every single one of those. And there's a suggestion this week, reading the paper here in Johannesburg this morning, that uh, Vermeulen might come back because he's, he's there. He might be 35 years of age. Franz Stein might come back. He's, I think, maybe a little older even. He's 35 as well. He's 35 as well. Yeah, exactly. They've got such a stable, uh, ensconced group of players, haven't they? They're, they're in a great position, really, and... How the hell you beat them? Um, <laughs> you deny them possession for a start off. You don't, you know, because yeah. they they absolutely starved us in that first half. We were strangled out of the game in the first half. And that's been the common theory, a theme this year, right? Is our first twenty minutes, we're on our, we're the ones on our heels. We're the one on the back foot, and 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 I'm not sure. I don't know. Is, can selection change that? I'm not sure. Have we got the players? They've talked about there's going to be some changes in this group. We've got to have a massive shift in mindset and how we play against them. If you watch the we sit back, if anybody can, and watch the Welsh series, the Springboks have not played like that. No, they didn't, did they? Uh, they? Their DNA at the moment is they know how to play the All Blacks. They know that that kicking strategy, contest in the air, the territory game, and that aggressive out-turn line speed, we just can't cope with it. And so they just, they, they just know that when they go out there and play that game plan, that's how they can beat the All Blacks. Welsh series was a different set of circumstances altogether. They played differently. And to be fair, they struggled a bit. But they know they can revert to that game plan when it comes to the All Blacks. So the All Blacks knew it was coming. Yeah. So we re- all knew it was coming. What's remarkable about this, though, for me, Justin, is the fact that these guys play all around the world. Yeah. And it's, mm. it's, they play all around the globe. And then they come back together to prepare for a series. And they can, and it maybe is the, the simplicity of what they do the understanding of what they do, the great success they've had. That, and, and I would say this, though, you know, their ability to stay healthy in key positions, they haven't lost you know, significant players. Like, when you, you saw a difference when Hondre Pollard didn't play 10 for them in that Welsh series. Mm. When he wasn't on the field. You know, he came in for the second game, was a bit underdone. He didn't play as well. But the composure he showed, if they didn't have him out there, you, you might ask a question, right? But it seems as though, to me, I look at them and every single one of those guys just comes back in from wherever they're playing in the world 
And and is that part of their secret? Is the fact that Russi's obviously got them in this this space in Jacques Nineveh, where they are as connected as they've ever been. What was interesting about the Sia Khaleesi interview after the game was he talked about their conditioning and the mindset around how they play. You go to the you play yourself into the ground, yeah, and and at the thirtieth minute, the thirty fifth, whatever minute it might be, they just they just drag you. They recognise it's similar stuff. You know, now clearly they're in the front row, and that, but, but but across the board, I mean that's. A, they've got a, I mean, you could argue they've got a better front row on the bench than they have than they start with. Um, normally, Malcolm Mark starts on the bench, but how good was he on Saturday? But they also very clever because, um, and the water breaks are helping them without any doubt. They slow the game down, and it gives these blokes an opportunity to uh, to get up again. And I noticed. They had to put in a pretty big defensive stretch in the first half there on Saturday. And the moment the whistle blew for whatever reason, two props went down. Well, you can't resume play then. And then Angus Gardner said, we've been able to water break. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's tactical awareness, I guess, that well, is getting them through at the moment. It's not that the All Blacks have never done that before. No. Although it's not like we haven't, Fitzy hasn't hit the deck and looked at the ceiling and gone, oh, you know, something's just happened to yeah. me. To, to recognise how to control the, the, that tactical side of the game or when you feel as though, well, they've got all the momentum. So once again, those are all things that we know are coming. It's, it's, incredibly, for. it's incredibly fatiguing, yeah. defending that way. Yeah. But to try and give people an idea, you usually sort of will go three to four paces ahead and then you'll sort of go lateral. What they do is they are coming fast at you for five metres and then they're looking to push ten metres or more. They make a tackle, then they all recycle back and then they do the same thing again. It's almost like rugby league. Ten metres, and they sprint up, and then they sprint back. So They've almost got a shooter, though. They've almost got a shooter. And then they've got a random that comes out. So that, 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 but that tires you very quickly. But I don't recall the All Blacks, maybe more than once, maintaining the ball for seven or more phases. Just long enough to expose it, right? And, and if you do that and maintain your patience, because they frustrate you into errors, and they frustrate you into turning over the breakdown, because they're right in your face, and they did not cope with it, the All Blacks. Yeah. The amount of balls that got shoveled on to more pressure, turned over the breakdown. But think if you could go in the first half, seven or more phases, half a dozen times, how bloody tired they would be. Mm. Yeah. And mm. I, 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 I'd say they were tired, a lot to your point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was about six minutes to go in the first half. Yep. They Every single Springbok player, particularly their forwards, it's hands on knees or two are on their back. Yep. And and it was we went for a long period of play. Now, that's not to say that the All Blacks themselves weren't Fatigue themselves, they were, but they were still prepared to play. You know, they didn't want they didn't want the game to stop no. because they thought that was going to be an advantage. But clearly, with the water breaks and the ability to manage those situations and give yourself the necessary and the willingness to go, I'm going to sub my guy five minutes before half time. We'll worry about the back end of the game. So you know, how do you counter that? You counter that by keeping those phases going yes. and having the skill to keep them going. So have we got the players who have the skill to keep those phases going to the point where they are desperately tired and cannot no longer defend? And the intellect. You've got yeah. to be smart. Yeah. You've got to recognise that you can still maintain the ball even if you're not making the advantage line every time. And that means everybody else being accurate and go, right, well, you keep coming, but we'll keep cleaning the rucks and we will keep coming at you and... It's going to exhaust you to defend like this, and then someone someone will make an error defensively. Bang! That's when you go. At the moment, we're, we're getting frustrated by in New Zealand. We've got so much time and space. 
because we don't defend like that. Yeah. So the players aren't used to having players in their passing lines mm. or right in their face when they catch the ball, and we're we're, we're panicking and yeah. we're anxious. You can see it out there. Yeah. So so they have, they've got to flip their mindset to go. We can handle it. You throw it at us, we can handle it. But see if you're still coming forward on the fifteenth phase. Yeah, and that's the interesting part is we actually looked more vulnerable on a really good carry than we did on an average carry. Yeah, because we got bounced past the line, and then we couldn't get there and support the clean and stop this that the guy Malcolm Marks or whoever it was, Quagga Smith, whoever it was later in the game, getting on the ball was like, to a point when we were when we, were, we almost hit the advantage line and got a clean out. We had no problem getting the ball back. Right. But the moment we got a half break, they got a little bit more desperate. And went, oh, okay, I'm going to get on the ball here. Ching. Yeah, ching. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's a, definitely a point of emphasis for the All Blacks. We talked a little bit about, you know, as, you, as you're watching this game, about how you are going to put them under pressure. And we talked about, you talk about flooding a channel. Mm. Do, do we maybe need to sacrifice some of our width in our game? Do we need to use the blind side a little bit? Well, I mean, we're, we're they're narrowing the field anyway. Yeah, they're, they're taking those two fifteen meters to ten meters of the outside of the field, both sides out of the game because mm. the wingers are coming all the way in, and they're, they're shutting that off. Now, the only way you can get out there is either a kick pass or a, a high loopy pass. But we saw Odinson at the weekend a couple of times. We got out to Caleb Clark. He just he just he shot up and then he just shot straight out. Yeah. And bundled us into touch because the loopy pass buys gives some time. time to adjust, buys your time. So yeah, we, you know we've, we've probably got to go right. That's the part of the field you're going to give us. Um, we, we need to be more creative in that zone because then eventually you will run out of space, and we will have the full width of the field to work with. So that's the tactical side of it. Reality is the conversation right now is clearly who's going to play. Well, who's going to play? Yeah, <laughs> who's going to play? But clearly. Um, I'm not going to tell you, Jeff, because we're having a little competition. Yeah, we're, oh, we are. We've got, we've got a little bit of this. There is competition. This is great because yeah. this is a this is one of those things. Of who, and we've got two teams, by the way, we're going to put together. We're going to yeah. put the thing we'd like to see play, but then the one that we think Ian Foster is going to select yes. to play yes. in this test match with everything we know that's going on. Mark Robinson's in the hotel. He's now staying in South Africa for the remainder of the week. He was... He had intended to go home. Is he going to play? Is he available for selection? And that's part of this conversation right now, is that as much as it's about, um, about what's going to happen to the team and the team is going to play, but the result of the result, given what happens, all of the discussion, you know, um, the future of the All Blacks post this weekend, I mean... Let's go philosophically then for Ian Foster. If you're thinking, what, what do you think he might do? Oh. What do you think he might do? And, 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 knowing, <laughs> knowing what he knows right now, knowing that clearly he's, his, his job is on the line. You know, he, 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 he didn't save it last weekend, right? I mean, it, it, it's an honesty thing. It's a, I think that's to be fair. I think it is fair that this is the next stage of his job being on the line. I hope when he arrived here that he grabbed the whole team, including the management, and took them into the room and he said to them, all right, team, and that's including all the staff, I don't give an F about what everybody's saying. That pressure's there. You know, let, let's just focus on winning at Alice Park. That's it. We're not worrying about anything else. Let's galvanise. Let's get tight because yep. the pressure's... There. That's, that's we can't we can't do anything about that. Our sole focus 
who care if Mark Robinson's walking around the hotel, has no effect on us, on what we've got to do on Saturday, because that is what's right in front of us. We can't change that. That's our, that's our very much short-term goal. What happens after that? Happens. I hope he did that. And then he's got to find a way to be more creative and show the Springboks that they can be more unpredictable and they can be more accurate. Uh, and that could mean making some selection. Because we saw him in his boat. We saw him in, in Nelsburg and we had a chat to him. And there was clearly things they were trying to work on. Yeah. And when he said after the game he felt it was their best performance, there was clearly things they'd been working on in the week that he wanted to see. And he saw some of it. You know, some of the things that he believes is going to help them long term. Mm. And so the hard thing is, is like you've just said, though, is that there is no long term right now. There's, there's, no. there's no long term. No. There's no long term. No. But by the same token as well, is there a, a almost a small responsibility of the players that haven't featured this season, who've had no opportunity experiencing what they need to experience on the international stage to help prepare them for the future. If we just play the same guys who didn't quite deliver last weekend, what about the young guys who don't know about playing at Alice Park, who don't know about playing South Africa and South Africa, and we have to face them in a year's time? It's a dilemma, isn't it? Because personally, I would love to see some guys get that experience, but unfortunately, he's probably not in that... Well, he's that. between a rock and a hard place, isn't he? Because if he puts a whole lot of young guys in and they <clears throat> they don't come up to it, he'll be criticised anyway for, for doing that. Yeah. Um, I personally would go with the punt. I think he has to go with the punt. And, and, you know, the guys that you're talking about are blokes who have been good enough to be included in an all-black squad. Well, then you've got to show faith. So if I asked you the two punts he took last week... It was Samasani Tokiaho and Caleb Clark. Yep. Did we feel as though that punt hit? Yep. In those, some ways, that those punts I don't, came off. I don't think either of those two players let themselves down no. in any way, shape or form. I thought uh, Tokiahu did the core jobs well, which was get the ball into the line out and provide a, you know, even the, the scrum wasn't bad, was it? The scrum wasn't bad. Caleb Clark had limited opportunities. But when he got an opportunity, uh, you know, he pretty much set up that try that was scored in the end by Frizzell. I thought he was good. So, yes, the answer is yes, that worked. More, yeah, more to, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think more to the point, Jeff, of what you were saying, the pathway I'm going to go down is this, this team and certain individuals are, are massively lacking in confidence. And, and I think that's the biggest problem. It's not the fact that they're out of form. It's, it's that they've got a massive weight on their shoulders and things are not going well and their confidence levels are low. If you can throw some players in there that haven't suffered from that because they haven't had opportunities that can lift the rest of the team yep. and you can take that burden away from it because you can see it weighing heavy and a classic example would be Sam Clay you know yeah, yes you yeah. saw it, like he was distraught after the game he put everything into it but he, he's going into these games with a huge amount of weight on his shoulders you know what you, what would you say to him you know what, mate I'm going to bring you off the bench you're going to blow yourself out at the weekend we're going to start Dalton Papaletti um, yeah. because he, he hasn't got any of that. So we've got his on. we've got his first selection nailed no, no, there. No, no. He's given one away. He's given one away. Well, saying is, yeah. It's not yeah. the effort, and we we, yes, we, we we're all saying that. It's not, we can't fault that. But no. confidence is massive in any yeah, sport, yeah. and there's quite a few players out there who are just lacking it, and that's understandable because they're under pressure. Mm. But there are individuals within the All Black uh, squad that they've got at the moment that are capable of going out and causing the Springboks problems because they don't know a lot about them. Yep. They're going to play 
instinctively because why wouldn't they? They're getting an opportunity, but they also don't are not suffering from a lot of the confidence issues some of those starting players are. I drew the parallel earlier with Justin uh, between um, the, the way the All Blacks are at the moment and the England cricket team. And Baz McCallum comes in and he gives them almost the instruction to play without fear. You know, if you do your best and lose, I'm happy with that. But just go in and give it heaps, enjoy yourself, and play without fear. And that's a that's an interesting point because we, it is weighing on them right now, and you can see weigh on them very very quickly, and you can see how one of the great strengths in the past of the All Blacks was the ability to leave whatever had happened in game behind them and move forward. Absolutely. And move forward. Unfortunately, we haven't been the team to score first. Yeah. Like we haven't been the team to score a try first to get the lift that you're talking about. And, and we're always the team that have. And then it's the. And that's a confidence thing. That is, and it hurts. It's it hard. Does. It's and they knew really that. hard. But I, I didn't say this on our build up, yeah. but I said on Super Sport, because yeah. I didn't want to come back to New Zealand to be fair. But I said on Super Sport, we don't win the first quarter and they're ahead. We won't win the test. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. Because of the baggage, yeah. And because of the fact that they'll get their tails up, um, and we and we're traditionally still not getting ourselves into the game. If we don't get ourselves into the game against the Springboks in that first quarter, yeah. And at least that parity will be hit on the scoreboard. We won't win it, yeah. And and, and that's a horrible thing to say, but it's reality. Yeah. The way this because the effect this team is at, yeah. Because the effect, and that's where I come back to right back to where I started with when you write the two teams down. I mean, if if you think about. Some of the levels of experience in big moments and big games, what the South Africans have, mm. World Cup winners, you know, um, have, have, have known how to perform on the biggest stage under pressure. We've got a lot of guys who haven't gone through that. We've got some. We've got blokes who haven't been to South Africa before. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah, just I mean, played their first <laughs> test. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, and so trying to put some context into that in mm. terms of what we're dealing with, you think about who we had coming off the bench. You had Ethan De Groot, you know, coming out. He's hardly played. Tyrell Lomax has hardly played. Tupovai has hardly played at this level. Frizzell. Frizzell, Shannon Frizzell, South Africa, in South Africa. Tupai yeah. wouldn't have played. Tupai, no. So, um, you know, you have Will Jordan on the field, uh, Finlay Christie. Yeah. You know, this is a, this is a, you know, this is an experience that if you've never been here, it's really difficult to, to to contribute and be a part of and stay confident, and particularly if the team's not being confident, right? So so if that was what we're saying, is are we, are we expecting then maybe a couple of other injections? And you go, you know what? Because he's given he's given guys the opportunity last week, right? He's given the guys that he's trusted in the past. He gave it to them in Nelspruit, yeah. right? He did. He gave the guys. He gave some really experienced All Blacks an opportunity. And they weren't able to, to be the difference he probably expected. I think we've just got to concede the width. Like I said, they're not they're not going to give you that because of the alliance speed. So we're yeah. going, to, going to have to go away from our DNAs, which are back three to get you know getting them yeah. into the game with ball and time and space. Yeah, is not going to happen because they've narrowed the field. So if they've narrowed the field, bring players that can go through. Yeah, and you know it wouldn't surprise me if Fying Anuku came in at centre. Wouldn't surprise me if they put put Tupai in at twelve. Big hard. Uh, ball carriers. If Geordie was fit, could he play twelve? We need to get a mentality. We're going to go through them. You know, bring Frizzell in because he's just going to run hard in that zone. Yeah. Um, so that's what I feel. We that's where I feel we need to go to. Caleb Clark's got power, so you would keep him there. You know, those are and and then 
you know, break them down yeah. that way. Yeah. Well, and that's, that would, that's my thought. And that would show great courage, right? Oh, yeah, well, how would you do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would. Hey, look, if you're in Foster, if you're in Foster, regardless of what happens after Saturday and where his future lies, it's like going to a heavyweight fight, you know? He's got to find you out. You don't want to go out throwing jabs. You want to throw that haymaker. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, why, why die wondering? It's like, boys, just go out there and we're going to make sure that we throw one big, hefty haymaker. We're not going to go out jabbing and picking away. Do you agree? Yeah, totally. absolutely. <laughs> I like actually. I like the. I like your thoughts on the game plan. I think you're not going to beat them out wide until you've broken down that mid defence, uh, and 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 eventually it's got to give way. And 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 we talked about. I think the All Blacks are a fitter team. To be honest with you, yep. I, I think they're more mobile. The skills are letting them down, and I think that is a classic game plan. You've got to suck them all in, make them get tackled after tackle after tackle till they're down on their knees. And then go wide. Sounds a bit old school. Yeah, it's old school. But hey, you know, nothing ever school. changes in rugby, does it? Really? And if all that fails in the 79th minute, it's 99 call. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'll wind up this breakdown pod, and it's going to be a fascinating week. Springboks will be out on Tuesday, the All Blacks will be out on Thursday, and then come Saturday night, Sunday morning, New Zealand time, it's game on. Thanks, Nismo. Thanks, Marshy. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Beautiful. <coughs>